0: Great to have you with us if you're visiting. Uh, make sure you pop up the back uh, after the service and have a coffee uh, on the right-hand side there, my right, your left, and uh, it'd be great to get to know you. Don't just rush off. We, um, we started the year with incredible um, strength. We built the foundation last year around uh, the word increase, and that was a uh, a testimony last year was just amazing and this year it started already and uh, it's just focusing upon three areas and that is increase in the areas of my faith and our family and his future and uh, so you know last month was primarily I was working on um, my faith and asking the question you know who are we you know what do we believe what You know, what is all this about for us? What are are our absolutes? What is the strength? What is the core? Where are our feet planted? You know, this is my faith. This is my faith. And, uh, of course, uh, this month I want to move on uh, to um, our family and talk about uh, the family and uh, how we can strengthen that area and bring growth, uh, not only in individual families, but collectively as a church family. I think that's incredibly important, and uh, we sometimes miss that because we don't want to just attend church. You know, this isn't a theatre where you, you get your ticket and you grab a seat and then you go after the show. No, this, this is the, the living body of Christ. This is the body, the church, incredibly significant to this community. There is a a spiritual opening over the heavens because you are here. I don't know whether you realize that or not, but uh, I know the footy club down the road isn't breaking the heavens open, you know. But you, the church, because you're here, you're planted, there's a stake in the ground, you've taken territory in this land. There is an incredible spiritual significance to that. And you're a vital part of it. Make no mistake. So I want to talk about, you know, our family today. And uh, uh, it's not hard for me because I'm a family guy. I I can't imagine doing life without my family. You know, without my kids and my grandkids. And, um, you know, uh, it just gets richer and richer and richer. And uh, we just had our eighth. A grandchild uh, last week, and um, as I said on the day, I said that the more grandkids that we have, um, I'm finding it's getting a lot easier for me, um, the more we have. Because I come from a, a dysfunctional family. You know, my family, my mum and dad were alcoholics, and, um, you know, they split up in the latter years, and as uh, seven kids... And of course, we we basically we we weren't brought up; we were dragged up. You know, it was just we dragged each other up. And uh, so, the thing that really attracted me, I think, to church was was the fact that I saw people who did family well, and it was so um, you know uh, attractive to me. It was something I thought, wow, you know, these these families obviously not perfect; no one's perfect, but. But they did family well, and and uh, and I wanted to learn how to do that. And the more I I came involved uh, uh, with the church, and and of course my relationship with God, uh, I gained a greater understanding not only to build my own family. I mean, I was twenty-five years of age when I found the Lord, so you know there was a heck of a lot of learning to go from that point, and uh, but also to understand the value and the strength. Uh, of a church family which is incredibly important and so for me um, the church has always been my extended family I don't know whether you know they know it or not but uh, you know I adopted them I adopted whatever church I was in that was my family I I, uh, I adopted them um, and Paul had the same heart for the church family in 1 Philippians chapter uh, 1, verse 7 and 8. And he said, "'It is right for me to feel this way about all of you. "'Since I have you in my heart, "'and whether I am in chains "'or defending and confirming the gospel, "'all of you share in God's grace with me. "'God can testify how I long for all of you "'with the affection of Christ Jesus.'" It's kind of a next-level dimension, isn't it? Uh, Because with with one family, you're born into it. The other family, you're called into it by God. One family is is developed in the natural. The church family is developed in the supernatural. And we all have a a part to play in that, and both need to be built strong. Our natural family and our called family both need to be built strong. So let's have a look at that. I, I, I want to turn to Philippians chapter 2 and read from verse 5 through to 8. It says, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used To his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I want to have a look at this mindset of Christ today and see how we can build strong family. Number one, we look at an unselfish mindset in verse 6. Who being very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Man, you're not going to get a greater example than this, are you, really? I mean, here is the Son of God putting down his agenda to fulfil the agenda of the Father. And you look in, in any home, I think one of the biggest reasons for unrest is when someone doesn't get what they wanted. Is that right? Isn't that that the biggest disappointment in a family when you want something, but you don't get it? And, uh, you know, it's like we love everything else, but I want that. And so James tells us in chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, he says, what causes Fights and quarrels among you. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, to, uh, you desire but you do not have, so you kill. That's pretty extreme, isn't it? Pretty extreme. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And I thought, wow, how simple is that? I mean you do not have because you do not ask God, then wouldn't it be simple just to ask God? I mean, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a lot simpler to say, God, I want this. Is that okay? Is that okay with you? And I thought the reason maybe we don't ask God is because it, what if he says no? See, when we really want something, the last word we want to hear is no. Is that Right? Probably the most common word out of a parent's mouth. You know, no, you can't have that. No, put that down. No, you know, come back here. No, don't. Is that true? Kids don't want to hear that, and neither do adults. We don't want to hear no. We hate that word no. No is an ugly word. Is that right? Are you there? Yeah, good. That's why, you know, when kids fight over something, they never they never go to the parents. Of course, as soon as you go to the parents, there's going to be a judgment. And there's a good chance that you're not going to get what you want. Is that right? So we quarrel and fight and we try and get our own way and have our own agenda and all that because as soon as we go to mum or dad, you know, we may lose what we want. And it's the same You know, in the church family as well. You know, our Heavenly Father makes a call that benefits the whole church. That benefits the whole church. We're a body. God has called individuals together with different gifts and abilities and strengths so that when we come together, we are a body, a force, a strength, amen, that will never be defeated. Everything's in its place. Everything's functioning. Everything's working. Everything has a strength about it because your gift and my gift and their gift brought together works. It works. Doesn't sound difficult, does it? He calls people to a church family for one reason, so that we grow and mature. We're brought to a church family for one reason, to grow and mature. See, why is that? Because when we grow and mature, so does the church. Why is that? Because we are the church. We are the church. When you become strong, when your family becomes strong, every unit like a cell in a body comes together is strong. But you've got a couple of cells in the body that have their own agenda, that want to do their thing and and not his thing, and all of a sudden the cancer grows. Is that right? That's what happens. You get a rogue cell. You good? That's how it works, folks. And see, we can't negate the process. This is where we lose. This is what breaks my heart as a pastor. Because when we negate the process of growing to maturity, right, we lose. Individually and collectively as a church. I see, it, I see it, you know, in church. I've been pastoring 24 years now, so I've seen a little bit. And when people come to me and say, you know, pastor, we just feel, you know, it's time for us to move on. There's no God in that, I'm telling you right now. There's no God in that. And the reason there's no God in that is because I know there's an offence somewhere. People only move churches for one thing. You get an angel at your bed and says, pack up your stuff and go, which no one can argue with. You're gone. You've got to go. You get an angel. You get a voice from heaven that says, you know, pack up your stuff. I've got a mission for you. You go. And with our blessing and favor, we support you. We're behind you. We're backing you. But when you feel in your heart that God is telling you it's time to move on, I'm telling you there's an offense somewhere that you haven't dealt with, right? And it's easier to run away than to grow in maturity. Amen? That's a tough word, isn't it? That's tough, but it's true, it's true. Why do I say that? Am I a jilted pastor? Well, yes, really I am, I suppose. (laughs) But other than that, I know that if that's your reason, you're not gonna grow. I know that that's going to follow you everywhere you go and it's going to rob you and cheat you of God's best for your life. The plan and purpose that he has for you is going to be jilted and broken because you haven't grown in that maturity. Is that fair? Yeah, stuff happens. Look in our own families. You know, kids fight. That's what they do. Kids, that's what kids do because they're not at that maturity level yet. It happens in church life. people get offended by this and offended by that and offended by that, and I know that. I've been offended. Amen? But you've got to say, well, wait a minute, I've got to, I've got to build in this. God's got a plan in this. I've got to be stronger because of this. I'm not going to pack up and run away. Amen? And see in part of a family, we're all coming together, you know, we're all different. And, and we're sort of all like, you know, we can grate on each other's nerves sometimes. Who knows what I'm talking about? You know, you won't put your hand up, will you? I know. But, you know, you can't. It's just, it's human nature, isn't it? We're all different. We're thrown into this, this melting pot called the body of Christ. And some, some of us are different to others. And because of those differences, there's a bit of tension. There's a bit of friction. But that's a good thing. Because when we overcome that, we're stronger. When we overcome that, we grow in maturity. When we overcome that, we're the body of Christ. You know, the world can fight and bicker and spat at each other, but the body stands strong. Amen? That's a good church. You know, we could build that. We could build a church like that. It just simply takes the next time we're offended to say, no, no, I'm not going to react to this. I'm going to stand up and grow stronger through this. Wow, that's powerful. But it takes an unselfish mindset. Because a lot of people get disappointed because they have their, their agenda. And when you're not helping their agenda, then they'll go somewhere else to try and have their agenda met but really we should all be focused on his agenda amen when we got his agenda before us we're unselfish and it develops a great mindset jesus nailed it in the garden when he said to his father not my will but your will be done that's an unselfish mindset unselfish mindset and and the thing i love about this is it when you know the nature of the Father, even though you say, God, not my will, but your will be done, you know what? He'll make up for it. That's what, that's what good parents do, don't they? You know, they, they say, no, you can't have that. But, you know, down the track, it's they sweeten the pot somehow, don't they? Why? Because we love our kids. Who loves their kids? Okay, three of you. I've got a bit of work out of me, don't I? It's my talking on family. Alrighty then. Well, we need to develop not only an unselfish mindset, but a serve mindset. A serve mindset. Look at verse 7. It says, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. This is a guaranteed pathway for success. A guaranteed pathway. Imagine if Jesus came on the earth, you know, as the King of Kings, as the Lord of Lords. He came with a whole army of angels. He had like this golden chariot and, you know, sort of smoke coming out of it and everything. People would look at that and go, you know, we're either in or not. We're either in or, or, you know, that's it. No, 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 he came as a servant. Why did he do that? Because, you, you know, There's nothing to reject with a servant. Everybody loves a servant, don't they? Everyone loves a servant heart, a servant nature. You don't have to choose between Everybody loves a servant nature. I think it's so undervalued in our world today because we think that to serve somehow makes us less and to be served somehow makes us more. But that's not God's plan. That's not God's plan for all of us. It's not the way God sees it. It's the same in a family. Everybody contributes, everybody wins. That's the family dynamic. Everyone contributes, everybody wins. And if you have every member of the family with a a serve mindset, it's it's as close to heaven as we're ever going to be on this earth. Imagine, imagine the family sitting down for dinner and, you know, everyone has this big meal, everyone's sitting down and then after the meal, everybody gets up and does the dishes and cleans the table. Like in 10 minutes, it's all done. Everyone's in, you know, and then everyone's enjoying each other's company. Everyone's having family time and it's awesome. That's a good family. Have you ever seen that? Everyone have a serving mindset, you know, and it's like, hey, we're not leaving this up to mum to do all the stuff. We're all getting in. See, I thought I'd get an amen there. Come on, open the door, girls. That's a great place to live. I want to live in that house. Don't you? That's a great place to live. Serve mindset. See, it's a mindset that's focused on the outward and not the inward, a serve mindset. If, you're, if you've got a heart to serve, you're focused on the outward, not the inward of your life, which leads to things like this, kindness. When you're focused outward, there's a, there's a kindness that is attached to that, thoughtfulness. There's a caring. When you're focused outward, you're actually caring about other people and not about yourself which makes a pretty cool family to belong to. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Because that's the plan for the body of Christ. That's the plan for God's family. When everybody uses their gift, every need of the family is taken care of. That's how it works. Your gift and your gift. We're all different. We all bring it to to the table and everybody wins. Everybody contributes. Everybody wins. So it's not about attending church. It's about being a part of the family. It's about being a part of the family. Develop a a serve mindset and, and let your gift and abilities build a strong family connection. I don't like the 80/20 rule. They say there's an 80/20 rule where 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the work. you heard that? It's actually true. It's actually true, but I reckon we should turn it on its head, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Where well, we have 80 percent of the is that what I said? get that right 80 percent of the people doing all of it. Yeah. I think that works, does not it? Good. Thank you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That we all are a part of it. And how much easier would it be? Yeah. How much easier would it be? How many needs would be met that are, that are at the moment wanting? When we all got together as one family. I don't know about you, and I know I'm biased, but I love this church. Yeah. I love the people of this church. They're, they're, I, I tell you, I just it just keeps me coming back week in, week out. I love it. Because I know the heart and the spirit of this place is genuine. It's real. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. I'm here. So it's not perfect. But it is genuine. And I think if we can just get our head around a serve mindset and start to say, no, wait a minute, I can contribute. Even if it's just that little bit. Even if it's just that helping out there. Even if it's just that, you know, connection with that person. I can play a part. And together, man, how awesome is that? Everybody contributes and everybody wins. The third thing we need to develop is a yes mindset. Yes mindset. Look at verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Wow. You're not going to get a bigger example than that. It doesn't get any bigger than laying down your life. Becoming obedient unto death. I think if we put it in context for for us here today, it's it's really just developing a yes mindset. The death we're talking about here is to my agenda. That's the death we're talking about. the, The death to my agenda and yes to his agenda. That's powerful. That's powerful. I can tell you so many people have missed out because they've hung on to their agenda. And if it works for them, they're in. If it doesn't work for them, they're out. And it's so narrow. It is so small. That world is so small. We need a, a yes mindset. And so it doesn't matter about my, my agenda. His agenda is what's important. We all get on board with his agenda and big things happen, folks. Communities are changed. People are reached and transformed. That's why we're here. And you think about it in the family home, how good would it be for parents to have to only ask once and it would be done? Wow. To develop to, to breed to breed children that have a yes mindset. It's like no, clean up your room. Yes, mum. Wow, that's a Unbelievable, child. Don't leave your bike in the driveway. Yes, Dad. You know, immediate response, immediate like, yes. You don't believe me, do you? I've got to tell you, it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell, but wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it be good if we had a, 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 an attitude and a spirit in us that when God said anything, we like, yep. Yeah. Yep, that's what you want. I'm in. Whatever it takes. Whatever that looks like. Yes, yes, I'm in. There's so much future in that, folks. There's no future in no. There's no future in no. You get a couple. One guy proposes to his wife, his his fiance, bride, whatever you want to call it, girlfriend, and uh, and she says no. You've seen it on TV. That's it. It's over. It stops there. You've hit a brick wall. Is that right? What do you do? Say, well, you still want to go out next week? Like, no. (laughs) You say no, the journey. You say yes, the journey begins. If she says yes, I'll marry you, then imagine. You've got a whole life together after that. Children, grandchildren eventually, the whole thing, house and home and the whole thing because she said yes. The possibilities are endless. But when you say no, I still love Easter, baby. You with me? I love that. Love a yes mentality. You know, in the military, if you join the military, you have to go to a boot camp. And it's like six weeks of, of drilling and grueling. And, and, you know, it is arduous, right? It is just like the worst experience of your life. Why? Because they've got to change the, the no mindset and to rebuild a yes mindset. That's all it is. They've got to totally break these humans down who are so um, um, familiar with saying no all the time so that they can retrain them, reshape their thinking so that they have a yes mentality. Why? Because in a war, if if a command comes from from, HQ down to the, the soldiers on the ground, they can't question it. They say, yes, sir, or people die. Are you with me? Yeah. A, a, a command comes out from headquarters and you get three or four soldiers going, well, I don't know. I don't know. It, it sounds all right, but it could be, you know, it could be dangerous. I like this side. I think we should go over there. People die that way, folks. A yes mentality. And if they've got to do that for adults, six weeks of retraining to a point where they'll say yes, yes, sir, yes, sir, then how how entrenched is no in all of us? How entrenched in it? It's incredibly important to God to have a yes mentality. Do You know, King Saul in the Old Testament lost his crown because he disobeyed God. 1 Samuel 15, 22. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offering, offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Folks, I've got to tell you, we're on a journey right now. We're on a, we're on a God journey. I've been doing this a long time. I know. I know when God's on our case. And we are building something strong this year. Not something that is just gonna, you know, bring mental ascent or or a good feel about it. No, something that is supernatural. Something that is eternal, something that God will build in us that will carry for generations to come. Your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids will carry what we build this year. I promise you. And I don't want you to miss out on any of it. I don't want you to rob yourself of what he's got for you, of, of the fullness that he's sacrificed to give you. It's this hour, it's this moment, you've got to say yes. Yeah. You've got to say, yeah, I'm in. So I, I just attend church. I go once every four weeks just to, you know. No, no, no. You'll die like that. You'll die spiritually like that. It'll You've got to say yes. You've got to say yes. He's building something. Get on board. He's building something. Be a part of it. He's building something. Don't lose. Don't lose what he's about to build in your life. Position yourself. Prepare yourself. Equip yourself to receive it all. takes a yes mindset. You may have heard this before, an incredible quote from a very smart man. You say yes, the journey begins. <laughs> say yes, the journey begins. I don't know who that guy was, but... Say yes to being a part of the highway family, not just attending. This isn't a place I go, this is a a church I build my family for generations. There's exponential strength that happens. There's a synergy when we come together that is incredibly powerful. Individually, we don't understand it, but collectively, the heavens shake because of it. I want that for you. Father, I thank you today for each one. Each one of us comes together. Each one of us unite together in such a family, such a a strength, such a oneness, one in mind, one in spirit. And, Lord, whatever the path is, whatever the agenda you have that we are building this year, we say yes and amen to that. We say yes, Lord, Don't, don't pass us by, don't leave us out, we're in. Yes, yes, Lord, to your plan and purpose, to the greater that you have for each one of us and collectively as a church. Thank you for this family. Thank you for our families that they're going to grow stronger and stronger. Amen, amen.